Hi, I'm Yusuf Zin. My latest TVO Today podcast is on how a Canadian ends up in a Chinese prison, and if he's even alive. Listen and subscribe to Extradition. Available now, wherever you get your podcasts. Help TVO create a better world through the power of learning. Visit TVO.org and make a tax-deductible donation today. Every February, Canadians make tough choices in advance of the registered retirement savings plan deadline. And this year, with the cost of living where it is, many are likely wondering if they can or should contribute this year at all. Let's get you some advice from Anthony Gordon. He's a certified financial planner and the author of The Art of Retirement, The Canadian Guide to Retirement and Beyond. And he joins us now here in our studio. Anthony, nice to meet you. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Stephen. We have, I know this for a fact, we have a lot of young people who watch this program. And for them, this RSP season may be the first time any of them ever get an RSP. Sure. So let's start with first principles. Yep. Tell them what it is and what it does. Okay, so an RSP. So an RSP is uh, an investment plan that's registered with CRA. And it provides some tax benefits based on the income tax plan. In income Tax Act. So generally what that looks like is from tax deduction, if when you contribute to an RSP, you receive a tax deduction. So that's one of the benefits. The other one is that the money in an investment plan grows tax deferred until you withdraw the money. So those are like the two general benefits that we seem to talk about when we talk about RSP. And the idea is put money in for a good long time so that when you eventually retire, you can take the money out and the tax you pay on it is a much lower level. That's correct. So when you contribute to an RSP, you usually want to be in an income bracket that is a higher income bracket and pull it out in retirement, hopefully, when you're in a lower income bracket. Gotcha. Now, we are having this conversation here on almost deadline day, yeah. right? The end of this month is deadline. <laughs> That's true. Are there, in your experience, risks to waiting so long to contribute, as in being one of those folks who does it at the last minute? Well, if you're contributing at the last minute, the challenge is that you may not have put aside the amount that you need to want to contribute, uh, which may lead to potential RSP loans. Or, you know, the situation here is that you may, you know, be at a deadline and at this point figuring what should I do, scrambling, trying to make sense of it, trying to grab money from different areas so it might not be as strategic as it should be. So it's a bit late for that advice this year because <laughs> we are where we are. Yes. But generally speaking, you would like people to have their act together much earlier before the deadline as opposed to leaving it to the end of the month. Absolutely. What I typically do is I recommend that people do what's called a, a PAC, a pre-authorized check-in contribution. Oh. And so you contribute monthly over time, over the year. And then towards the end, you know, top of the year, we see if there's any shortfall and we contribute additionally if we need to at that point. Is it your experience that most people that you deal with kind of scramble throughout the year <laughs> and then the end of February comes and they're sort of looking around for what to do? You know, over time with a lot of my clients, it's become much better on a monthly contributions. Um, but when I did start working with clients, it was, that was the experience. Gotcha. Um, okay, now compared to, I was gonna say compared to the last decade, but, um, you know, interest rates, relatively speaking, compared to the last decade, are highish right now. Yep. They, I'm, I'm a little older than you. They are nothing like what it was when I was your age. Okay. I mean, I do remember in the 70s, interest rates got up into the 20% range, oh, and it was kind of nuts. But we are where we are right now. How should that, the level of interest rates today, yep. how should that influence what we do in terms of contributing to an RSP? Well, I think from an interest rate standpoint, uh, you have to look at where you're receiving the funds from. And you have to look at your overall financial situation. Because one thing is you could be contributing to an RSP, but you may have debt. 
right? Mm -hmm. So which is where I think a financial plan, looking at your overall situation to determine if it makes sense to contribute to an RSP or if you have debt with high interest rate or even a mortgage which you're now paying more towards than previous years that you may want to look and see it doesn't make sense to contribute to an RSP or should I be looking at paying down debt? Now that's a good point. So with interest rates, what they are today, you know, generally speaking, obviously everybody's different, but generally speaking, it would be more sensible to pay down debt as opposed to go out and put some more money in your RSP? Well, it depends. It, it depends, depends on each individual situation. Right. Where it's feasible to contribute to an RSP, yeah. absolutely want to take advantage of that. But if over the year you have incurred certain amount of debt because you have certain situations and it's overwhelming to the point where it's not financial, it doesn't financially make sense, you may want to look at paying that debt down, especially if it's credit card debt, which is significant. Um, what's, what's the numbers on that now? It's like 20%, yes, isn't it? Yes, to 18, 20, yes. Yeah. You're looking at so that. definitely so, knock that off first. Exactly. That's top priority. Yeah. You mentioned a few minutes ago that some people will be considering mm -hmm. actually taking out a loan. They yep. will go out and borrow money to put into their RSP. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, and again, everybody's different, but when is it a good idea to do that? It's usually a good idea when, I, in my assessment, when it's a short-term loan. And what you want to do is look at your situation now and see if, first of all, it has to be feasible. Uh, if you have the contribution limit, right? So if you've contributed and you've maxed out, it doesn't make sense, but you have the contribution limit, then that's helpful. The second thing is if you're in a marginal tax rate where contributing to the RSP makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if you've passed those two thresholds, then you look and see, okay, can I contribute? Um, and can I take a loan? So you gotta have the space to begin with. I absolutely have yeah. the space. And it has to make financial sense to contribute um, based on your income. And 50,000 is usually that threshold. You've got to be making $50,000 a year, and if you're over that, then it might make sense to go borrow. Absolutely. Even at, say, 6-7% interest rates? Okay, so here's where we look okay. at where, where, if it makes sense or not. The way I like to look at it is you want to borrow an, an amount that you will receive in your tax refund, so that tax refund essentially pays off that loan. Gotcha. In which case, it's, I mean, it's not quite free money, but it's sort of free money. It, you, carry, you probably carry that loan. Say you do take the loan in February and you get your tax refund in March. You probably carry the loan over two months, right? So, you know, and if you have a deferral aspect, which a lot of these loans offer deferrals, mm -hmm. then the benefit there is you probably carried it for two months. And then once you receive the refund, you have to realize is the refund is not- <laughs> going by TV set. <laughs> I was just about to say, yeah. your refund is not a sign from the universe <laughs> that you should uh, tick off um, going to the grill in Jamaica because it's on your vision board. It's because we had a plan in place for you to um, take that refund and to pay off that loan. So there's a human behavior aspect to this, um, but if, 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 if all things hold, this, that's exactly what you want to do. Now, Anthony, I'm guessing you raised that because you know people who have actually done that. 100%. Uh, we have had the plan in place, but when the refund has actually <laughs> hit the account, um, you know, different things, different things become priority. Are you allowed to give your clients H-E double hockey sticks when they go out and take that refund and buy a new TV instead of paying down the, the loan? I'm not allowed to, but <laughs> I will, you know, I, I try to book a time in the calendar where I reach out to them where I anticipate they're gonna have that refund to say, hey, just a reminder, this should be hitting your account any day soon. And so these are the things that we agreed that we're going to do. This is not found money. Be no, responsible, pay not. down debt. Exactly. Okay. All right, so th there are circumstances, as you've just described, where it does make sense to borrow in order to top up an RSP. Yeah. 
Give me the other side of the coin, where it really is not a good idea to go out and borrow to top up your RSP. Okay, so here's the thing. You borrow to, you borrow to put money in an RSP, and you're carrying that interest rate over, say, a year or two. No, here's the thing, you have an RSP. Um, you hope that it does well, of course. Past performance doesn't determine future performance, but here's the thing. If you borrow and you're carrying that loan for an extended time, and the interest, by the way, is not deductible, and then you have an RSP that, for whatever reason, is not performing well, and you have a loan that is, say, prime plus. Prime right now, I believe, is 7.2%. Mm -hmm. So plus is going to, you know, extraordinarily high. It's getting and up there. Exactly. And you have an RSP that's not performing well. And that, what it does is it creates financial anxieties. And quite frankly, the world as it is, a lot of people are dealing with financial anxiety, and this is one additional thing. So what you want to do is not be putting yourself in that situation where you have interest that's being carried on for, a, for investment that potentially may not perform. And I know the, the goal is to invest in the long term, mm -hmm. but still, it doesn't prevent the financial anxieties that may come with that. So have you got clients who, to whom you have said, you know, under other circumstances, I'd recommend borrowing to top up your RSP, but not you. You, you shouldn't do it. So we look, there's a formula actually. Mm -hmm. um, there's a numbers formula to see if it makes sense or not. And even then, because the way I look at RSPs, the way I look at all of these tax vehicles, not tax vehicles, these financial vehicles, mm -hmm. they're all part of a plan. So you look at your financial strategy generally from a holistic standpoint, and you look at what you're doing and see if that fits within the plan. Now there are certain instances where from a numerical standpoint, it may make absolute sense, not that carrying the, the long-term loan makes sense, mm -hmm. where you will sit with an individual, I, it will provide them an anxiety that it doesn't make sense to actually use that strategy, which is where I think it's not just looking at these things individually, but looking at it at a holistic standpoint. Anxiety is a big part of financial planning, isn't huge it? Huge part of it. Huge. It's a huge part of being a human, a human <laughs> and particularly where finances are concerned. It's, it's a huge part of right it. Right on. Now, first-time home buyers yeah. uh, can use their RSP savings to help finance a home down payment. That's correct. I get it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So how helpful is this vehicle in the interest of doing that? So here's the thing. It's, it's, a, it's a great vehicle uh, if used properly. So you have $35,000 and you have to pay that back over 15, 15 years. Here's the thing. Again, this is where I, I always see clients from a holistic standpoint, does it make sense? Because you, it may get you to the finishing line, the crossing line to purchase that home, but do we have enough buffer, heaven forbid, if you were to lose your job? Mm. If you have uh, expenses that, you know, emergency expenses that come about. And a lot of times we say, hopefully it doesn't, but we know mm -hmm. how that turns out. You know, things happen and it always happens. Something always comes about. So you want to know that even if you're using it, that you have some buffer in addition to that. Mm -hmm. You don't want to use that as the, okay, I'm barely getting there. And then six months in, you've somehow lost your job and it takes, you know, if you're in a vulnerable situation. So right. you want to be able to look and see if it makes sense again, given your circumstances. But it is very helpful uh, in certain situations, for sure. Gotcha. Let's finish up on this. Are there other ways that RSPs can help you before you retire? Um, okay, so RSPs before you retire. So you have also, you could, if you're, you know, want to get a university degree, or if you want to do a master's program, there are ways that you, you could take from your RSP. Because generally when you take from your RSPs, it's treated as ordinary income. 
general rule. And the exception is for home buyer's plan or if you're using it to fund uh, higher education. So it's not just for the after 65 yeah. that the money could be useful to you. It could be useful before that. For sure. And there are years too where you strategically, again, this is where you look at it from a holistic standpoint, where you have down years where from an income standpoint, you are in a lower marginal tax rate. You may take some time off or uh, you've lost your job where you could pull from that RSP in the lower income years, yes. and you could transition that money and put it in, say, for example, a TFSA. So from a strategic standpoint, you may want to do that because you, you may have done extraordinarily well in those RSPs, and you say, you know what? The benefit is, now I'm in a lower bracket, I could take that from a strategic mm. standpoint, tax efficient, now I'm thinking about retirement, because when you pull from an RSPs in retirement, or if you, Converted it to a RIF, which you have to do by age 71, ended the year by age 71. You may have benefits that may be affected depending on how much RSPs you're receiving mm. or how, many, how much you're taking from your RIF. You know what? I want to sneak in one more question. Yeah. Financial literacy. Yeah. It's huge. How well are we doing on that as a society? <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, I think in the last couple of years, people have become more aware of it and there's more information being disseminated. I think generally, I don't think we do enough as a society. I've gone and I've spoken to high school students. I actually teach financial planning um, at a college level. And the thing I realize is some of the basic things are just not known. Hmm. I, just like what, how do you calculate net worth or cash flow, just basic budget. So we need to do a lot more. Uh, and it cannot be a one-off, meaning it's great that you go in and talk once a year, but it has to be something as a part of a curriculum where it's constant, right? Because it mm -hmm. takes a while, and hearing it just once, I, I don't think it's enough. It has to be part of a program where it's, it's, it's almost institutionalized, where we learn this generally. So you are so awesome. right. Anthony, thanks for coming in tonight. That was a big help. Same here. That's Anthony Gordon, thanks, financial man. planner, certified financial planner. <laughs> you can also learn more in his book, The Art of Retirement, The Canadian Guide to Retirement and Beyond. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you, Steve. The Agenda with Steve Pakin is made possible through generous philanthropic contributions from viewers like you. Thank you for supporting TVO's journalism.